0: you can see how it's done. Hi there, this is Amita Switlow, I'm in Kamloops of all places, sitting at a Tim Hortons.
1: Yeah, and Tim Hortons,
2: a yeah. very Canadian institution. <laughs>
0: That's right. So I was looking through the phone book and our list and I found two return volunteers from Papua New Guinea, Vincent and Maureen. And it's a pleasure to meet you both. Thank you for coming to the uh, to the regular establishment for a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your experience in uh, PNG. I mean, you were there in what year? 1979 to 81. 1979
2: to
0: 1981. And tell me what you did there. Well. Well, I'm a doctor, so I. Um, Were you a doctor already? Yeah. I was okay. a doctor. Yeah. I had been already practicing
1: for about five years when we went there. Mm-hmm. And um, I did many things. I we had a 200-bed hospital with four doctors looking after a province of about a uh, quarter of a million people.
0: Uh, so quite different than
1: the ratio of doctors to people in Canada. Oh my God! And uh, so I, part of the time, I ran the hospital. And part of the time, I was the chief surgeon, even though I'm only a general practitioner in Canada, I was the chief surgeon for six months, and I was also the obstetrician for six months. And uh, and then there was another doctor there who was a pediatrician and a couple of other GPs. So um, it was a pretty, uh, pretty exciting time because it was work I'd never... Never done, of course. And, How old were uh, you then? Uh, I was about uh, 25, 26, so something like that. So soon there. after Yeah, I'd been school. out of medical school for five years. Maybe I was a bit older than that, I guess. About Seven, uh, 28,
2: nine, 28, 29. 28,
1: okay, yeah, maybe, yeah, 28. Or were you already married? Right right were you together? Yep, yep, yeah, we have been together uh, since 1974, and this was 1979, so, yeah. Okay, so you're in the, in the PNG. What
0: town were you in? We
1: were in a town called Kundiawa, which was in Chimbu Province.
0: Kundiawa. and what was the name of the hospital? Do you
1: Kundiawa remember? Hospital, I think. <laughs> okay, it was the only hospital in the whole province. They only had one hospital. And when you were
0: there, when you were, were preparing to go, what made you actually apply to go on such an assignment? Because you were, you could just have continued on and had yeah. set.
1: You were trapped here.
2: We just. Well, we decided we wanted to do something different, and we wanted to go somewhere else and experience something new. So we started looking into different options, and Cuso came up, and they went through the process of the application and the screening, and then they they asked us if we'd be interested in going to Papua New Guinea, and we didn't even know where it was at that point. Yeah. And we had met people who'd been in Africa, <laughs> and we. We looked at it and thought, you know, Papua New Guinea gave it a whirl.
1: And actually we were very lucky. We, there was a couple living in Kamloops at the time who had been to Papua New Guinea. And QSO gave us their names. And remember that couple? And we went over and visited them.
2: Yes, That's yeah. Right. We went over
1: to their house, and they had slides of PNG and told us a little bit of their. Exp- I, th- I think they'd been teachers. I can't remember. Told us a little bit about their experience, and so that was kind of nice because we it kind of gave us a bit of an intro, and, you know. So that I think that got us really fired up. that yeah, this would be an exciting place to go. And
0: PNG so really- at that time was very different from what it is today. I understand. Have you been back?
2: We were back in about 1985, we went back, 84, yeah. yes.
1: 85. And, and it was, even then, it was, it was very different, different then. And, and
0: Vincent, tell me, what did you go do? Well,
2: I, I first went over to work for, uh, it was a company that was owned by the provincial government in Chimbu. And they, had, uh, they were developing a bus line and a service station and a cardamom plantation and coffee plantation. And I worked for them for maybe just under a year and then politically things weren't very stable provincially and the federal government stepped in and took over the assets. So I ended up then working for the Department of Health and I worked on maintenance and uh, facilities and upgrading health centers and aid posts and, and that throughout the province.
0: Wow, and you're, were you a graduate already at
2: that no, time? No, I, I After I got back from New Guinea, I went back to school and studied accounting. But before that, I was uh, sort of uh, a jack of all trades, master of none. You know. <laughs>
0: all right. <laughs> but you had the confidence to oh, try. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. and then you know, we found that just uh, if you... If you wanted to, you could do almost anything there. I mean, it didn't matter what you were doing. You were contributing in some form or another.
0: Now, both of you have incredible skill sets that that people, that we still need at QSOVSO, so I encourage you to apply.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah well. So tell me, when, if you look back and you say, tell me about
1: how you feel about that experience looking back in time. Well, it was, for me, in as far as my career, it was definitely a highlight. I mean, it was the most exciting medicine I've ever done because I was right on the front line and I was doing things that I would never be allowed to do in Canada. Like I said, running a hospital, doing surgery, you know, all kinds of things. So I learned so much. But it was also, it was a highlight in in terms of just our personal life because you're in a culture that's so different and you learn so much about yourself and how you react to people that are different and, and being able to change your expectations you know you going with all these lofty ideas that we're going to change the world and we're going to make it just like Canada or whatever it is you think yeah. and you realize that one of the best things you can do for the people is to accept what they are and learn to live with what they are and work around that and maybe make some changes but but always looking at it from you know what's important to them not what's not what's my value but what's important to them and I think I really think that it doesn't matter what your skill set is if you don't have that you're going to be frustrated um, you may not be even be very useful because you're going to always be trying to change things that maybe aren't meant to be changed or can't be changed you're going to, and I, I think that that's that's probably the most important quality i think for someone doing that rather than whether you're a doctor or an accountant or a teacher yeah. it's your your willingness to accept the people and work with, with what they are
0: we're sitting here smiling yeah, at I each other that. because uh, our assessment is very much about that. Yeah. Nowadays, we look at the skill sets, of course, and but it's the, it's that attitude that we need—one that is uh, that understands the values of the community and talks about uh, how what the community itself wants, not yeah. what you want for yeah. the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Vincent? How did how did that experience affect your life?
2: Well, uh, uh, much the same as what Maureen said in in the terms of. Uh, going there and not expecting that uh, you are going to change the world. I mean, doing what you can to help them uh, in whatever help they need. I didn't have, at that point, I didn't have a specific skill set other than I did everything and anything and I was willing to do it. Um, so it was uh, however I could help, uh, however I could... Uh, blend in and just work with what was there and work with the people who were already volunteering and working with the locals. But coming back it gave me a whole different, well I, it changed the way I looked at Canadian Society. Um, you know we got back and we got back into the, you know call it the yuppie rat race, but never to the same degree as some of the people we knew because a lot of the things that we do here I didn't feel were as important. You know, yeah, there's really a lot more to like than yeah. just having another bigger house on the hill.
0: We were just talking about that. I think that's one of the wonderful things about our return volunteers. Many were affected at a very core level, and it changed their value system. Mm-hmm. And I find that our RVs aren't ostentatious. They're very much um, understanding of... Uh, live simply so that others can simply live kind of attitude about their lives and you know i i can't thank you enough here in in kamloops and i encourage you to tell others in kamloops and offer to serve again but to tell them about our work and maybe we can recruit because as you can imagine rural to rural recruiting is really, really special. I know Kamloops is a city now, it's a, quite a big city mm-hmm. but I'm sure there are people here that we never get to talk to. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think there are lots a lot of people who don't think they have anything to offer. Yes. And um, you know you know, they maybe don't have their degree and whatever. I mean Vince never had a, a university degree. And that's why I said it's not so much the skill set you have as the person you are that allows you to contribute, I think. I, I mean think obviously skills are needed. Yes. You but have to I be mean,
2: flexible, you have to be taught.
1: Yeah, those aren't the um, things that are taught, no. those are things you you have. <laughs> yes. Yeah, some core values. Yeah. Right? Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Well thank you so much for talking with us oh, and so this is welcome. QSO VSO in Kamloops, <laughs> British Columbia, signing out. Thank you.